Jesus Church College. Join hosts Richard Tamburo and Molly Inman as they chat with other faculty and guests about church, the Bible, theology, and learning the way of Jesus here in Portland. Christmas. This is the last of our Advent podcasts, and it's all about joy. Welcome to the podcast, Yuletide felicitations to you all. <laughs> it is Christmas time. It's the last of our Advent podcasts, and uh, it's on joy. And we always release them on a Friday, which is Christmas Day, which means... I'm imagining lots of you will be listening to this after Christmas Day, not on Christmas Day, which means Christmas is over. Mm. Which Just always I, a nostalgic feeling of like, I'm you know, excited for the new year, but I'm sad Christmas Day is <laughs> over. The yeah. weird in between. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting, actually, talking about joy. And it's like, yeah, if it's a few days after Christmas, you might be able I don't know, feel well, a little sick from eating too much yeah, chocolate. and coming down oh, from. Yeah. But to our favorite followers who are listening on Christmas Day, Merry Christmas. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole point, and we've talked about this so much every time we've talked about Advent, is it's not like a little bubble and then, oh, it's back to normal. Mm. But it's supposed to reshape. So... Yeah, this could be a good challenge. That's like, a good word, yeah. To discover the joy in the run-up to Christmas mm. and then to keep a hold of it after Christmas. That's mm-hmm. the sort of that's the challenge mm-hmm. here. Yeah, absolutely. But we wanted to start with like there's a kind of joy that we don't want to talk about today. And it's interesting because this time of year, joy is a big theme of Christmas. Right. But joy is a big theme for lots of people culturally. Mm-hmm. You know, you get like maybe some time off work, you buy loads of treats, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of pamper yourself you spend more time with friends that like stuff that generally if we can invest in like i want to make my circumstances better Mm. that we do and then we kind of feel you know happy and and -hmm. cheerful and you know uh and it's a sort of it can be quite fleeting which is why the come down is a bit like yeah you know i feel a bit depressed or something right um but we're talking about the biblical version of joy, which is not just, you know, when it's all going amazingly, when the land is flowing with milk and honey, you can be really happy. Mm -hmm. And so, so it's an interesting contrast because this is a really good time of the year to like circumstances really engage our joy radar, Mm -hmm. happiness radar, happiness radar or something. Um, but it can do it in the wrong way. It's like really easy to be like, oh yeah, Christmas was filled with so much joy. And then you can be like, well, was it filled with biblical joy or just like circumstantial happiness? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's, a, it's an interesting one. I think it's okay to experience circumstantial happiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think the the caveat is recognizing that circumstantial happiness is just that. It's rooted in circumstances. So right. when circumstances no longer present themselves to be filled with um, ideal optimism, things going your way, et cetera, et cetera. What we have on offer is something that transcends circumstances. Right. Yeah. But they yeah. relate, right? Mm-hmm. If, if yeah. you had a really amazing day and you were really happy, I wouldn't be, ah, oh, that's not joy. Right. Like, no, it is joy. <laughs> right. It just, yeah. it would be really cool to relate that to, is there some like joy that I can have when I'm having a bad day? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, 
I know I think about next week I'm going to get on a plane and go home and see family and um, in the home that we're staying in my brother will be there my two nieces his wife and I already get so excited at the thought of getting to all be under the same roof together like that gets me so happy and then I immediately think about how I only get that for two weeks I'm going to come home and I'm going to be so bummed about that Mm -hmm. and so I think that's an example of like when we root our joy in circumstances like what you're saying it's temporary but I think for me when I think on that it it does in some sense connect me or make me rethink my foundation of like you know thinking about the post Christmas of being back in Portland away from all of my family and thinking about like okay well what am I going to do about that and having to remind my soul that like I can still have joy in knowing that I was called out here for a reason. God's reshaping and broadening my understanding of family. And so I think we can even see the circumstantial happiness as a springboard in some sense to, to have a think on what's the foundation, what's the source of my joy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Cause at bottom we can imagine like, okay, Mary and Joseph they're you know, they've just managed to get Jesus to sleep and some mm-hmm. shepherds rock up, you know, like we were told there was great joy, you know, yeah. And Mary's, you know, I mean, she's like wrapped around the promises of God and everything. But I mean, she just gave birth. You know, they're not in comfortable surroundings. Mm -hmm. They are just about to have their lives threatened and have to go flee to Egypt. Like, yeah. And it's not like the circumstances have changed overnight for the shepherds either. Mm. You know, everyone's still going to think you're a smelly outsider. Um, The Roman occupation is still ongoing, you know, so... Mm. It's an interesting one because when you really imagine just how uncomfortable and weird the circumstances are, to have angels popping up like, hello, great joy. <laughs> it's just like, dude, really? Like, have you looked around? Like, it yeah. must be to do with something that's mm. th- like you're heralding something. Yeah, beyond right? and bigger than what's in front of so me. So we get invited into this like, okay, so I'm supposed to, I mean, choruses of angels are on the scene. Mm. I don't know it's one of the I mean angels are often worshipping God but to have this like the the multitude of heavenly hosts show up en masse Hmm. this is like such a climactic moment as if heaven is just like cut like it's trying to keep its mouth closed some of the time or be subtle and it's just like we can't be subtle it's too exciting you know and the joy bursts out Hmm. Um, so it's an amazing heralding like it's so profound and yet the circumstances look so dark. Yeah, it man must have tweaked people's minds. Yeah. Like you think about the, you know, shepherds, magi, Joseph and Mary, just all the people mm. around this thinking, why? Yeah. Like what do you that I mean, in in a sense, if a bunch of angels like appeared out there, you know, I'm pointing outside the window. <laughs> um I that would be exciting. I would have some anticipation. But once they've gone, I'd be a little bit like, "Well, was it, what was that all, all about?" Right? You know? Yeah. But it's oh, it's something to do with joy. Why? Mm. Like, mm. so what a leading experience, you know? Mm. And that's where I think like the joy of the circumstances of Christmas can be like a leading experience for us. Mm-hmm. And then if you, but if you connect that with what the Bible has to say about joy, it will lead you somewhere good. Yeah. But if not, it's just like, I got a taste of something, then it went away. I wish I could have more than a taste. I wish mm-hmm. like I had a supply of this. Yeah. yeah. You know? 
Yeah. I even think about like when we think about it in terms of like pathway of life and pathway of death, like when I walk down that pathway that ultimately does not lead to life, I'm on this hamster wheel of trying to satisfy like my happiness through circumstance. It's like chasing the sunset, right? Like we're always just waiting for that next thing to Mm -hmm. fill us up, to make us feel happy again. I even think about this time of year, you know, like for me and my family, for, for Jake and I, it's Christmas and then it's our anniversary and then it's my birthday. Like I've got a lot of (laughs) exciting things to look forward to in this, you know, part of the year. But if I were to, you know, hinge my joy on the circumstances of just waiting for the next best thing, ultimately those things are going to die off and Mm -hmm. I'm going to be left on a pathway chasing something that will ultimately never fulfill me. Right. And so it, it, it asks our heart the question of like, do you want to keep running down that pathway of death? Cause even if you get filled up for a moment, it's always fleeting. It's always going to pass by and you're always going to be looking for, you know, the weekend. You're always going to be looking for vacation. You're always going to be looking for next Christmas, Mm. et cetera. Um, and it's just, it's not a pathway that leads to life ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. I had a professor in college that sums up exactly what you're talking about and he would call it parenthetical living. Mm. And there was always this class at the beginning of the semester where he would warn his students because he would see it year after year, the students who would live from like test to test of like, I just got to get through this exam. I just got to get through this exam to get to Christmas break, to get to Thanksgiving break. And he describes it in a really helpful way of living in a parenthesis. Mm -hmm. Like I just move from thing to thing. And that is a way of life that I think you look back on and you're like, man, I didn't enjoy, like I didn't enter into the gift that the hard nights of studying had to offer me. I didn't enter into maybe some of the hardship. And so I think when we're talking about this biblical joy, it pushes back against that way of living. And I think that that metaphor of like on a hamster wheel, like resonates with me that that is a scary feeling of feeling stuck. And like, you're so deep or you're going so fast on that hamster wheel, you don't know how to get off. And so I think it could be helpful to talk about like what helps us get off of that? What helps us move away Mm -hmm. from circumstantial happiness to biblical joy? And I think one of the first things I think of is perspective. I think when when I sit down with people who have experienced the hard knocks of life and yet they radiate this like, soul level consistent persevering joy it is because their perspective is one that says i just know that this doesn't have the last word Mm -hmm. like i am here and i'm fully present to all of the emotion and reality of my situation but a day is coming when all of this will be righted Mm -hmm. like and so i think perspective could be one of those things that helps us get off the hamster wheel and push back against that parenthetical way of living Yeah. yeah But it's a special type of perspective. I mean, Mm -hmm. this really connects. I was thinking, Molly, you talk about like Christmas, boom, birthday, boom, anniversary. Um, And like you look excited now, like anticipating Mm -hmm. that. Um, And so there's there's a kind of joy in anticipation. And so the perspective we're talking about is not like ignore your circumstances or ignore reality or ignore your pain or suffering or you know things like that but if there's a good thing coming and you know it's gonna like it if you were like well you know people might celebrate my birthday 
you know, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. You know, I've had some really bad ones. <laughs> then you, there would be wouldn't be any joy. Mm. You'd be kind of waiting, questioning, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I hope, like, I'm gonna get some joy. Yeah. You know, but I, I don't know yet. But hopefully, your family have not been that mean to you. So, so yeah. you probably do have like this joy of yeah. anticipation because you know something about reality, and that's the perspective, right? Mm. And so, but it's, it's an interesting one because. And we, we've all experienced times we've anticipated something. And you can, I mean, think about it. You can have like a really intense week at work or something like that. All of the dynamics of you working can be the same. But when you add this layer of like, yep. yeah, but this isn't the whole story. Yep. All of a sudden, like you're a bit stronger. Yep. Some stuff gets a bit easier mm-hmm. or you can mm-hmm. you can push through and persevere. It, it's just so interesting how it can change things. Yeah, absolutely. I think even like the the biblical word that pushes us into perspective is this idea of repentance. And we often mm-hmm. associate repentance with confession. And there's yeah. an element to that. But like that word when you unpack it in its depths is to change your mind, to orient yourself into a new way of life. And this is a silly example, but uh, a, an area of my life that was changed just based on thinking differently about it was Valentine's day. (laughs) So Shelby knows like Valentine's day is actually one of my favorite holidays, which seems so stupid. (laughs) I love this about you, (laughs) but it actually has a lot to do with a moment in time where God like so graciously offered me a new way to think about this holiday. And so, uh, there was a season of my life that, uh, getting married was like a very deep desire of mine. And it was around actually January where I was absolutely dreading uh, uh, Valentine's Day. And, you know, people joke it's like National Singles Awareness Day mm-hmm. or whatever. And so it, the, the culture almost trained me to dread this day. And I just remember having a quiet time with Jesus and where he offered me a new perspective of like, OK, what if this was actually a holiday where you celebrated the ones that you loved? Like, hmm. You just shift the way you think about this holiday. Sure, culture says you have to be with a romantic partner or your isolation and your singleness and your loneliness gets exposed. But what if this was a day that you dedicated each year to celebrating the ones you loved? And that was like, no. Was I still single on that Valentine's Day? Absolutely. But Mm. the way in which I engaged with Valentine's Day shifted my mind shifted my heart posture shifted I ended up going to the store and bought like a bunch of red roses and handed red roses out Mm. to all of my friends wrote them sweet notes I just took advantage of the fact that that day could you know my perspective on that day could change and that was my favorite holiday and now you know I've been married for almost four years like sure there's an element of like excitement around celebrating it with my husband but even more than that I just love celebrating the people that I love on that day Mm. all because God invited me to change perspective so that may seem like a silly example but it's what comes to mind for me when I think about like repentance changing your mind offering new perspective that helps you persevere in like living through maybe the same circumstances but with a new way of Mm. posturing yourself yeah It is mm. a great example, and the silly examples are always the best. Yeah, so yeah sure, sure. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it, in a weird way, it reminds me of um, the kind of, I don't know, such radical switching in how you view something, right? It makes me think of the children of Israel leaving Egypt. Hmm. And so, in a weird way. <laughs> 
It's a tenuous connection, but it made me think of it. <laughs> Ignore the connection. It's just a good bi- biblical example. Yeah. But they, you know, they escape from Egypt and then they find themselves in a desert. And it's not all like amazing. It's really hard. Mm. In fact, like a little bit later on, Moses is up in the mountain and they're like looking around and be like, man, we were better off in Egypt. This desert stinks. We want to go back. So circumstances are not good. But in the moment when they had like the most profound perspective, like God was rescuing them. He like got them across the Red Sea and they arrive at the other side and like, man, God's just like saved us and promised to give us a future. Mm. And then you it's and you get all this outpouring of joy, like Miriam's beautiful song. Mm. And um, mm. you know, if you were just like roaming like some other desert nomad and you came up um, came upon them. I mean it'd be millions of people, so it'd be quite bizarre. But you know, you rock up and you're like, what are you all singing about? Oh, we're in the desert. Like, are you nuts? Like, why why are you so happy about this, you know? Mm. It's just so interesting how we can tell one story about the same set of circumstances mm. and be bummed out, yeah. which they did later on, or tell a different story over it and it can come to life. We mm-hmm. see it in that different perspective, like you say. Yeah, in listening to you guys in both of these examples, it's giving me greater understanding for... Uh, that line in scripture where it says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Like hearing you talk about the emotion you felt around that Valentine's day when you, you started dreading it in January, like seeing how you experience and think about and prepare for that holiday is totally different. And there's a strength in it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. so I think, yeah, that's so helpful for me to hear you guys share those examples and seeing how perspective is a pathway into biblical joy and the fruit of that is like this deep inner strength Mm. that we get to step Mm -hmm. into. And when we understand how and why that's connected to the Lord, like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know. I get really excited when I think about that. I love that verse. I had that verse like really on my mind thinking about Mm -hmm. this conversation Mm -hmm. because I've seen lots of people who, use that verse but means something really different than what you just said yeah so it's 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 almost like parenthetical living actually the mm-hmm. joy of the lord is my strength is like yeah when i create like little bubbles that i can control and feel strong in mm-hmm. then i'll be happy then i'll be joyful <laughs> yeah and and so the aim if you're going to be joyful is to like be as strong as you can or if you want to be strong create bubbles of joy mm. you know retreat right and actually like that the joy of the Lord is your strength was proclaimed over God's people in the context of them going to war. Yes. Right. In the so midst like, of the trial. If you want to fight well against the challenges that are coming your way, if you want to be mm. prepared and able, like what you're going to need yeah. is joy. Yes. Which sounds really weird yeah. until you're like, well, where's the joy come from? What am I connecting to, to mm. give me joy? And then like it plays out like, Oh, so if this joy is rooted in uh, like the future and God's promises, I need faith. Mm-hmm. I need hope. Yes. I need, you know. Mm. Yeah. And that will, that will things you're just mentioning. Totally. And I think like another, if we want to get practical, I think we can bring in the idea here. Cause I think it connects with joys. Like sometimes you might hear the word or the phrase, uh, worship as a weapon, like worship being this thing that we can step into, lean into proclaim with our voices. And it actually is a weapon against hopelessness. It, mm. it fights and it pushes back against, um, 
how circumstantial our perspective can be. And so I think that, yeah, perspective and worship are these things that we can really practically on a day-to-day basis enter into so that 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 joy of the Lord isn't this like abstract thing we hope we come by, but Mm. that we can actually step into really practically. Yeah. I think that's so good. I think making it practical uh, is because I think, I think it's so easy in the church to be like, okay, well the joy of the Lord is your strength and you walk away going, "Uh, okay, so do I just say that when I'm not feeling happy, but actually like, paving forward a pathway of what it looks like to take root and to take up the joy of yeah. the Lord as your strength. Yeah. And I think perspective is like that, that the key that unlocks all of mm. this. Yeah. And what you're saying is so important because this isn't us saying just deny how you really feel sure. like just ignore all of the pain and the frustration of your circumstances. And this is something that's actually been a theme in these Advent podcasts is like holding the tension, right? There's a mm-hmm. bit of a both. And when we talk, about all of these things and I think that real biblical joy is not um leaning into denial it's actually mm. the opposite it's yeah. being able to say god this is where I'm at and my vul- mo- my most vulnerable my most raw and in that place what do you have to say yep. who are you who am I and it's that it's being able to live in the tension absolutely yeah I, I mean th- I oh go on Mom. no I was I'm just to like pull this back to the story I said, like if I didn't show up before God and grieve the fact that I didn't want to be single, Mm. there would have never even been like an extension of what could it look like to offer perspective on this? Mm. Because otherwise I wouldn't have been honest. And honestly, that's something that I think us as believers have a really hard time with, of being honest before God. We almost are afraid that we have to clean ourselves up in order to be able to hear from him, even subconsciously, like on deep levels, based on lies we heard in childhood interactions in our social worlds. And so being raw and vulnerable actually opens us up for yes. God to give us perspective. Absolutely. Otherwise we're going to It's miss step the one always mm-hmm. honesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was going to say this is where like the rhythm of advents so such an invitation, such a needed one. Yeah. Because in a sense we can be like yeah, Jesus came. Like that was the father like depositing like a down payment of like I'm doing my thing. Mm. Like that I'm fulfilling my promises, I'm saving my people, I'm restoring creation, mm-hmm. you know? And it, like he, he put the most profound seed of that reality into being mm. at Christmas time. But it was thousands of years ago. And there's a sense in which, you know, like Molly, you're like, oh, my, my birthday's coming up, anniversary, <laughs> Christmas, woo! You know, and then, you know, February, well, uh, Valentine's Day as well, March for you. <laughs> You know, like, so you excited, Molly? Why? <laughs> right? It'd be kind of weird mm. to be like, oh, I'm still looking forward. You know, we, we don't tend, my daughter does, but most of us don't tend to like constantly be anticipating our next birthday. Mm. Um, so Advent is this invitation to remember, like, oh, yeah, don't forget, we live in the constant reality of anticipating God f- fulfilling the thing he started. Right. Which is like I think about like communion as a weekly rhythm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do it weekly, but it's a regular rhythm mm-hmm. for Christians, right? That we do until he comes back. Mm-hmm. So it's we have all of these tools. It, I think it just shows us how prone we are to, I don't know, 
it's a weird thing because we love looking to the future. We love planning. We love trying to, you know, uh, manage our fears, anxieties mm. by controlling the yep. future and projecting. Like we're we're quite future driven. And at the same time, once the future gets far enough away that, I don't know, we lose the connection with our present, it, it loses its force. Mm -hmm. But actually, like that distant future of God fulfilling all the stuff he started, it, it really ought to profoundly affect our present. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love Christmas time for this like, I don't know, like rebuild some of the walls that have been broken down, like level up some mm. of those awarenesses. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. So what, uh, I don't even know how to phrase this. I, I guess there's loads of dangers of missing like this sort of opportunity, mm -hmm. right? For Christmas to like, for you actually to be like, oh, I'm kind of on a downer in January. So like, what do you think, like in really practical terms, mm -hmm. like what gets in the way? How do you deal with things that can distract you from, like you, like you were saying, I love saying about this, like honesty and space to like really hear what God wants to say, mm. because it's, there's so much noise in this season as well. So it's like a mega opportunity, it's awesome opportunity, but mm. also, there's so much crud thrown at it. <laughs> it's yeah. really hard. Yeah. yeah. So so what have you learned about, you know, just, I don't know, tuning out some of the stuff that really is not just a distraction or that doesn't matter of much, but it might actually like damage the good thing God wants to do. Hmm. One of the things that's coming to mind for me and it's stuff we've already said, I think first be honest, like be honest with where you're at. And then another really practical thing is like, who am I doing life with? It's really important for me. Um, if I'm feeling or experiencing a certain thing, like it's really easy for me to stay in my head, like to just process with myself. And that's not always super helpful. And so I think a, a practical thing that helps me enter into healthy perspective to grab hold of what's real, uh, what's what's the truest truth is to make sure I'm doing life with people like Molly and I are in a community group. She is one of those people for me where sometimes it's just so helpful to be like, this is what I'm experiencing. Um, can you, can you help me understand that? Like, mm. can you help me get clear on like what is true and like what I just need to let go of? Yeah. Like that to me is, it's really important to make sure you're not doing life and you're not on this journey in isolation. Yeah. Um, Cause I think in some ways we think that's the safer, easier option and maybe it is in the temporary, but in the long term, um, it's pretty damaging. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's so good. I think community was actually what came to mind for me too yeah. and it has to do with that honesty like being honest for before god hard being honest before people also really yes hard. like i think about the way i'm wired and uh like shelby mentioned being in community group together it's been so helpful because i and this is a vulnerability that i had to like practice in of like letting shelby know not just the good parts of me but the bad parts of me so that she can speak in and like she knows this about me, I'm quick to make assumptions. So she can help hold me accountable to those things because assumptions of mine actually lead to poor perspective. Mm. So she can help me speak in and say like, well, well, 
what did, what did they say when you felt this or, you know, offer mm. some of that perspective, fill in the gaps that I'm not able to fill in myself yeah. I think is really helpful. So I agree a hundred percent, like have people around you that are naturally going to have different perspective than you. So putting yeah. like, we're going to be the body of Christ in that way. We're going to be different parts of the body, hands, feet, et cetera, to be able to offer that perspective that we don't have in our limited sphere. Totally. Um, I think too, and this might be a shameless plug, but in the beginning of the year, we are going to, on the House of Learning podcast and hopefully as like a West Side Church uh, collective, going to be practicing the prayer of examine. And the prayer of examine is just a really helpful pathway to be able to invite God into our perspective that we hold, even if it's limited or even if it's off to ask him to shed light on our emotions, on what we felt during our year, our day, our week, et cetera. Uh, and so we're going to be offering that as a House of Learning podcast uh, special at the beginning of the year. We had one last year at the beginning of 2020, doing another one at the beginning of 2021. I just think that that's a really helpful practice to invite God into mm. offering perspective on your circumstances. Yeah, I was going to say something about that sort of inviting in mm. as well. Like, I think for loads of us, Christmas can be that time when we're like, we just want to shut the world out. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to have a few days off from work and I'm just going to tune it out. And I don't know, like I, I can ignore the bills that come in the mail. I can ignore, you know, just all the stuff and put up walls to reality to, to make myself feel safe mm -hmm. again. Uh, and the problem is if we if we do that, and it's something that culturally this season, the consumerism, the like escape to a really sort of rose-tinted version of reality-style Christmas film, you know, there's just mm -hmm. like lots, lots about this season that's like this. Then we hit January and it hits us like a ton of bricks. Mm -hmm. And we're not sad just because we lost our bubble but because reality hits us like a ton of bricks. Because Christmas, I think, woven into it is an expectation that it, it'll be different next year. Mm -hmm. And then, but if you just put everything down and walk away from it, like it, it's not going to be transformed. So it, it's kind of like this honest, I, and I love like community having people actually like talking about life. Yeah. Not just like, let's watch Die Hard. <laughs> Although totally you should do that as well. <laughs> and it's okay to have like space and rest yeah. and breathe and do fun stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really similar to a conversation about Sabbath, right? If your Sabbath is just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to watch Friends all day. It's like, yeah. well, great. You'll recover a bit in some ways. But not at the soul level yeah, yeah but your yeah. next yeah. week will still be it like it won't be transformed right mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and so like the, i think there's an encouragement in the midst of the christmas season to like allow the joy to permeate beyond just the bubble of the few days of like all the goofy fun and christmasy stuff mm -hmm. like actually and that's why the prayer of examine can be really helpful mm -hmm. to in the midst of like a safer zone to pull in like, okay, I want to pick up next year. I want to pick up my work and my parenting and my, you know, all the challenges, mm -hmm. but differently. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and that's where you can have that intention. And uh, there's probably a thousand self-help books that say similar stuff. 
the Christian distinctive is God might tell you something true, which gives you a perspective, which, you know, it you may have known about it, you may have heard about it, you might have even told other people about it. But when God speaks it to you, it's like a chorus of angels changing reality in front of your eyes. Mm. That's how perspective like gets altered. Um, you know, you can go wrestling and studying the scriptures and all that stuff. It provides the fodder for God to reveal himself. Mm. And that's what you need. Like you need God to reveal himself, but you need him to reveal himself in a way that you're like, oh, you inhabit my life, my world, not just my bubble. I don't just find you when I retreat. You're here with me. And then I can have that like, all right, let's strap on the armor and go out to war in January. Like mm -hmm. I'm ready. God's with me, you know? Yeah. That's that's kind of what happened. I mean, think about Jesus being tempted and like rejoicing to start preaching. Mm. The disciples, you know, the spirit comes and they in Acts are known as these radical people of joy. Paul's being persecuted and thrown in prison. But he's like, yeah, but it's joy. I rejoice in my sufferings, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, I don't know. It's a joy that's supposed to be out on the streets with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we've all gone quiet. <laughs> and if you ate lots of Christmas food, you might need to go and have a lie down. So yeah. I think we'll finish there today. Okay. Lots of challenges. Mm. And yeah, we're really excited for the new year. Um, that'll be one to grab a notebook or it'll be in the notes. I think both. Grab both. a notebook and, and it'll be in the notes. Yeah, we're looking forward. Because I, I think that's where some of like what God's been hopefully speaking to you in Advent then New Year's is another opportunity for us to be like, okay, God, let me put it all together, mm -hmm. like lay it all down and now wrap my life around it. And so mm -hmm. we're really excited about that. Yeah, so once again, happy Christmas. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to this episode of the House of Learning podcast. This podcast is produced by A Jesus Church College, based at Westside A Jesus Church in Portland, Oregon. AJC College trains and mobilizes the next generation of kingdom leaders through an accredited four-year degree in biblical studies with an emphasis on leadership and formation. We combine classroom learning with mentoring and ministry apprenticeship for a third of the cost of traditional college. To find out more, Go to ajccollege.org or follow us on Instagram to find out if this is where God could be calling you to explore your calling. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share it with someone. And if you have a question you'd like us to chat about, please let us know. You can email us at podcast at ajccollege.org. If you can, send us a 20-second audio recording saying who you are and where you're from along with your question, and we'd love to include it in a future episode.